bro. What is up? Not much, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. Get a little bit of rest this afternoon. Yeah, a little bit. Took it a little uh, slower. We we got we got a couple of games to talk about. Um, right. But we also got a game coming up tomorrow morning at three thirty my time, four thirty a.m. your time. Um, and you're live streaming it. Is that right? Probably not live streaming the game, but you're gonna you watch it with everybody who wants to be there. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get up at four thirty and, and make sure that uh, I do that. I need to set my alarm clock. Lord, we're, we're talking to so that I don't forget to do that. So early in the morning, but it's not for me. It's easier because um, obviously um, I'm gonna I'm gonna set it for four twenty. Hopefully that's good luck right there. Yeah, um, I'd like to um, get up for it. We'll see. But, Three o'clock, bro, is way too fucking early. I'm gonna leave everything set up, and if I right. if I can't sleep and I wake up, I'm gonna pop on. So, um, Jared, I'm excited about watching the games. Um, we already did see a couple of games with Thunder players in it. We saw um, Canada um, take on France and really yeah. blow them out in the second half. Um, that game is worth talking about, and we'll do that in a second. And then we also saw um, Finland versus Australia, mm. and once again, Australia outclassed Finland in the second half. Um, really pulled away. I didn't get to see that game, but I saw a condensed version of it, about 25 minutes of it. So I missed a lot of the game flow, but there was a lot that I did see. So that's why I want to get up at 3.30, because condensed highlights, man, it doesn't get it done. You know, I want to watch these no. games. Yeah, and it's uh, to me, it's we have get two Josh Kitty games guaranteed. You know, Jack White games guaranteed. Uh, I obviously think that Canada is going to just go through their their um, um, area. I don't think it's going to be very difficult for them to make it to the next round. So I think that's going to be there. I think the fact is, if you look at Australians' uh, um, bracket, it's it's crazy, man. I mean, they've got a, a, a t- like three teams that are in that bracket that could advance, and it's between them, Germany, Australia, Germany, and. Uh, Starts with an L. I can't. Um, maroon Latvia. and white. Yeah, Lat- Latvia. Thank you. Um, they have great shooting, and I think you know Bertans is on that team too. So that's the other Thunder player that we have on that mm. um, in the world, um, and he's starting over there too. So you know, there's a lot that's going on in that Australian league that that, that Australian um, um, area that I'm really you know keen on watching because I mean their defense is stellar. Uh, mm-hmm. I was really impressed with what I've seen with their defense and the way they were able to get up the ball court. They looked very composed, like they were ready to go, you know, and three quarters of that type of ball. I mean, that was good enough for me to see that they're ready. And the fourth, I mean, the, the first quarter will come, but the three other quarters, I felt like they just did what they were supposed to do. Um, yeah. And it looked nice when they're all together. And that's where we should start for sure. Let's, let's dig into this Australia thing and then we will move on to talk about Team Canada because we're excited about that. And that that's actually probably just as exciting, if not more. But So let's talk about Josh Giddy. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Jack White. Um, yeah. And Jack White, we, we got a commenter who, um, I'm sorry, I wish I had your name in front of me, but I don't. But um, mentioned Jack White has been kind of talked about as on the chopping block very quickly for the Thunder. And they're hoping that Sam Presti is paying attention because Jack White is looking really good. And he does. He is knocking down threes. He's hustling at a high level and he's dunking on people. And mm-hmm. those three skill sets, I think, really bode well to the, the position and the role that we're looking to fill in the Thunder. So 
Um, I could be wrong, but I think Jack White is definitely somebody that has a chance to make the team. Yeah. I think, yes, it's a bit of overcoming the odds, but um, we're talking about Jack White. That's his whole career. So why not? Yeah. Well, if he doesn't make the team, he's still an incredible trade asset. I mean, that's the thing about it is that um, everybody's seeing what Jack White's doing. It's not just a Sam Presti thing right now or, or you and I or – you know, Wayne or, or some of these other guys are, are too cool uh, that are talking about him. There's so many more um, people out there that are recognizing his game. So if Sam Presti's holding that chip right now and saying, hey, guys, uh, you know, Jack's not going to make a team, but he's a tradable asset, you know, people are watching that right now. But I, I do think that if, if I'm being honest with it, I do think that Jack um, is going to make the team and it's going to make it difficult for one of the other players that we've fallen in love with. So, hey, Sicily. Hey, Sicily. <laughs> so obviously Jack White has us excited. I knew about him, but I I don't really watch much college basketball, so I didn't see him sure. at Duke. Um and I don't watch NBL that much or if ever other than like scouting style, but um he has really impressed me what he's been able to do with very limited minutes already. That's it. Um, that's just his role and that's what we need. So let's talk about Josh Giddy now. Um Giddy, well, like if if you knew nothing about Josh Giddy coming into this tournament um at all yeah. you would think that he was the most decorated number 1 Australian player in history hmm. you would just look at him and be like yeah that guy you you wouldn't think oh well he's like 20 yeah isn't, well, he, isn't he 20 like maybe 21 now no he's like, 20 20 you would you would just think like this guy gets it. He understands the game. Now there are moments out there where you look at it and you're like, yeah, like the level of competition is like it's high. And I I think you're right though. Mark, you gotta look at Josh Giddy like this, man. If you guys all our listeners, if you take ten minutes and watch Josh's game, you know, obviously it's more than ten minutes, but even watching a highlight for ten minutes of Josh's game in, in FIBA and you take everything you know about Josh, everything that you've learned about Josh over the last couple of years in the Oklahoma City Thunder organization, and you just watch Josh just as a basketball player. First of all, you're going to be shocked. You're going to be like, holy shit, this kid can play. You know, you're not seeing him with rose-colored glasses. You just got to strip all that shit away and say, how does he play? How does he see the floor? The imbalance plays to, to wide-open layups to guys that nobody else would have been able to get the ball to. The the step, the fake steps to the um, pass over top that makes the defender step one way so he can get the ball to that, that uh, offensive player that he's trying to get the ball to. The, the massive idea of what Josh can do on both sides of the court. And when I say massive, I truly mean massive because if you look at Josh at his height at 6'9", six, 6'9 nine, six, nine and, and that two, what is he, 30 right now? Like he is so thick. He's a big dude. And he gets to see over top, like the way he runs the offense for the Aussies is the way, same way he runs the offense for the Thunder. Like there's, there's, to me, I, I see that. And, and to me, that, that, that's the, the proof of a good player where a good player doesn't have to change his game to fit into World Cup or Olympics. It just goes well with your, your, your uh, country already. You know, we've seen it happen so many times before where a player that plays for France and they come out and all of a sudden they're like, holy shit, these guys are playing really, really well. Well, that's because they're, he's pl- they're playing the same style of play they play in the NBA. And they've learned to evolve the game around that. And that's what I love about Josh is like, you, you, can't, you can't stop him. 
He's 6'9". Going downhill, he gets really low. He gets really fast. And then he finishes really high at the top of his peak. And it makes it really difficult for players that are 6'6", 6'5", that are guarding him. It's almost impossible. And then you have to stick a 6'8", 6'9", guy on him. And then he just runs right past him. So we're seeing that in the World Cup and what he's able to do. And, and 14 points, nine, re, uh, yeah, 9 rebounds and 8 assists. I mean, it's not, or 9 assists, whatever it was. It's not like crazy amazing, you know? Wasn't it? Or is it 13? But, I, yeah, but think about it, dude. That's like, that's his first taste of international competition. At but the, that's what at he does with level. the Thunder. That's, right. that's what I'm saying is like, those are the stats that he does with the Thunder. And it's translated into this game. And that shows you where the NBA is going. You know, that shows you where the, the mix of European and Australian MBL and, and all these other leagues are finally making a difference in the, in, in the NBA. Because a player like Josh Giddy, his game doesn't change when you go and play FIBA or where, you know, the, the Olympics, everybody else has to change their game because of Josh. And we're going to see that a lot, whether it's Usman Jang playing for France next year or, or, you know, uh, Shea Gilges Alexander. I mean, like, this is what it's all about, man. There you go, bro. You said it. So as much as I want to go on and on and on about Josh Giddy, and we should, and you should One check out favorites. Thunder's little Josh Giddy three-part episode, three-part series that's come out so far. More to come, I'm sure. Um, let's shift gears and talk about Shay. We hmm. had a chance to watch Shay. You know what? My dog is wanting to get out of the door, so I'm going to let go you talk it, about Shay. I'll be right back. All right. Man, uh, first of all, what Shay can do with Team Canada and the way he looked with Team Canada was, was, was great. And the first quarter was kind of rough. And, I mean, I was thinking, and I think Mark and I were thinking that, the way after the first quarter, we said um, the difference to Josh Giddy right now is he doesn't have, or the difference with Shea, he doesn't have Josh Giddy. You know, and that was after the first quarter. Um, and I, so many times that we've watched Shea just be uncomfortable in the first quarter. And I've, I've called it uncomfortableness because we've seen him just try to figure it out. And third quarter, um, second quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter, he's always dominating after that. And for me, I, I've got to, you know, rephrase that when I watch Shea kind of um not struggle but just kind of take the game at its pace he's not trying to force anything he's just seeing where it's going he's seeing what shots he can get up seeing where he can get to the floor wide open um understanding the defense and where they're coming out and helping at understanding the screens where they're at that's the first first quarter for Shea and then it's the second third and fourth quarter he just dominates because he knows where everybody's at he knows where the defensive help's coming he knows where all this other stuff is at because he just sits around with the ball. I mean, like I have never seen a player do that in my life, man. Like the way that he does that on a consistent basis is, is spectacular. It might not be an entire first quarter. It might be like three or four minutes in the first quarter, but watch it guys. Just watch how he sits back and just kind of lets the game come to him and then takes it over. I mean, that's exactly what he did the other night to France. It was like, he kind of lulled them to sleep. And then finally it's just like in the third quarter in the fourth quarter, it was just like, what just happened? You know, like the 30 point lead happened. So, Smitza, you owe me seven bong hits, by the way. Um, and I I noticed with with Shea and all the friendlies, like all four quarters were about exactly the same level of, like you said, not really trying to do much. Yeah, I think he would have been perfectly content with France Mm. of taking a backseat role the whole game. But when the team looked at him and said, "Like we need you to go out there and be Shea," he's like, "All right." But like he's playing with a bunch of players who are used to getting shots on their team. Dude, 
But look at it though. Look at his guards, man. It's just crazy. Yeah. Like, is there? I have to think about the nastiness. Like, it's either Brooks on the floor or Dort on the floor. They have one or the other on the floor. You know, like I. It's just, bro, like I have not seen a team like Canada. You got Powell, you got Olinko, <laughs> Olink. Uh, you know, you Olenek. got all these Olinik, you got all these guys that are just like truly like a fun group of guys to watch. Like Canada is is truly special right now. And if you guys get a chance, obviously watch Canada because like the way that Shea runs the offense is the same thing he does in Oklahoma City. You know, and I and, and the cool thing is about it is that Shea runs that offense, but he's the shooting guard in Oklahoma City. You know, like, I, I love that, man. I mean, like, we, we can call him a point guard because in, in the league calls him a point guard. But, I mean, he, I think he plays what? Like, when Josh Giddy's in the game, he plays, like, 60% of the possessions at the shooting guard. You know, so, like... Well, I mean, like, if you're going to average over 30 a game, like, that, that's the thing about Shea, right? Like, And that's what makes both Shea and Giddy such great players and then great teammates. Is right, like Jared. Shea to be his best. Like he just needs to go out there and and like get to the rim. And when he's getting to the rim, teams really have trouble stopping him. And if they sell out, then you know he he's good with passing. But if they're not yeah. completely selling out, he's better off finishing. Mm. Whereas Giddy, like as soon as he gets a little bit of help, he's better off with the pass. Yeah. And like he's kind of they both have kind of figured that out. Like. And Shea's passiveness, or like you said, letting the game come to him. I mean, that bodes really well for a player like Jamal Murray when he's playing with Team Canada and he's back, hopefully, for the Olympics. Um, it plays really well for a player like Giddy. And then, yeah, we did feel like Shea was missing Giddy because Giddy makes sure he finds Shea to get Shea a rhythm early in games. And then yeah. Shea didn't have any rhythm. And so they shifted and he started bringing the ball up and just really making sure that he was taking advantage when he had those openings. The, op- the openings were different because he was seeing a lot of lengthy zones. So it was yeah. get past your man or get past the trap mm-hmm. and stop and pop or stop and do a spin move and shoot. Like it wasn't get fully to the rim very often because they usually had a couple of bigs sitting there waiting. But what I really noticed with Shea's ability was once that happened, he was moving the ball because he was getting four or five defenders around him. Oh, yeah. So, right. come on in. Who's here, dude? Let's see. Um, Unk. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to be watching these games. Unk, I'm excited to have you. So Obviously, Unk? we got to watch that can- hey guys. game against Canada. And that was a lot of fun, man. Um, what did you think about what we saw from Shea, like, putting on those Jets second quarter and on? You know, he's just the same old as the classic Shea. I mean, he's just I – mean, he kind of started out just a little bit slow, I thought. But, yeah. like I say, he's just got that – just that jerky kind of a – you know, just the way he moves just does it. Yeah. And I, I felt like yesterday I saw – again, we, I talk about his Shea's release a lot. Um, and yesterday, though, I felt like – um, when, uh, I forget who was guarding him, but there was a couple times that I would have felt like he would have been blocked last season, or the season before that this season, I feel like his releases is, is quite a bit higher. And mm-hmm. to me, like, again, it's, it's the little improvements that he's, he's making right now, but, um, man, that, that game yesterday was a taste of what could happen 
for this Canadian that team. Three. Oh like, my, he, yeah. He was just like, like, I don't care. I got rhythm. Yeah. That's it, he was, man. He was, he was, I mean, I, he's done that in the game or two the last couple of years. I remember him just, he just feels it and just jacks it up. But I, you know, you got to give him the green light when he feels Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. He shot a few more threes than we're used to, per, like, in the NBA. But I really feel like his confidence demonstrates to me he's going to focus on shooting more of those when he's open because, like, it's a low impact shot compared to going in and trying to finish over the bigs. Yeah. I agree, well, man. Y'all were talking about Josh. I mean, and I know y'all have it. Didn't want to put too much time on him, but he—he's kind of like sneaky, sneaky kind of the way he moves too. I mean, it's not yeah. like he's got that jerky kind of a move, but he kind of—he looks slow, but he's really not. Yeah. I mean, he—he's—he's he's a really good better than most kind of a players the way he kind of goes to the basket now i know the last you know last couple of years the first year he didn't go that much and the last year he really tried and i think this year he's gonna really go to the basket a lot yeah and when he gets a little bit past the defender he knows how to use his his frame to keep them on this side and finish over them even though he maybe isn't necessarily in front of them and that's something that's a strength i look well, at AFL a lot as a, as a residual of why, how he uses his frame. But Dave, what you got? Yeah. I was just going to say like the way he gets down though, he forces the defender to get lower, you know, like you, you see these guys that, you know, they try to get the defenders to get higher and get out of place like that. But when Josh goes low with that ball, he forces the defenders to get low. And the second they do that, he uses his hips, he uses his elbow and it's always ever so slightly, never enough to give you a foul, but ever so slightly there's a bump and the guy gets off. Like, I mean, there's, it's, it's impossible when you're that low. He bumps the guy off. Yeah, he just bumps him off. <laughs> hey, Get I, off my head. <laughs> I've got a couple of questions for y'all. Uh, yeah. I'm, I remember last year, they, they were going to change some things up, kind of new rules, and that, that carrying the ball, you know, they, they start the first month, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, five or six weeks. They call a lot of that carrying the ball. And then to come about, you know, November, you know, Thanksgiving, they just stopped. I mean, I don't yeah. remember them being – I just wonder if they're going to try to continue to do that. Because, like I say, you know, everyone carries the ball. Right. Because it's because that's that isolation kind of ball, one-on-one -on -one kind of a ball, and it's more yeah. of a team play. And I think if they would do that, that would help Oklahoma City tremendously because sure. I think we have that team ball kind of concept. What do you all yep. think? Man, I, I think I think the team ball is exactly what we want, but like that um, travel call or double dribble call they were calling, to me, it, it slowed the game down significantly. When you add four or five calls like that a game, uh, you know, like it slows it down. And I think the NBA, like they always do, is they, they put in a rule and then they let it go for 30, 40 games. They see how it goes and they reevaluate it. And I think the second half of the season, they reevaluate it and they said, I, we don't like how slow the game's going because of it. Because four or five, you know, stops of the ball like that, it, it does slow down the game, you know, significantly. So, right. you know, like they, to me, if it's a, even Steven for, per team, like it's like two and three, you know, turnovers per team on that, then, it, you know, like you can just drop that because it's even, you know, even. They usually pick like a couple of rules of emphasis and they're like, okay, we're going to hyper-focus on this. And then the it really is things up. 
charging and uh, sometimes it'll be like illegal screens, moving screens if you're not yeah. perfectly set. And then after a while, they're like, okay, like no human being can avoid moving absolutely anything. So we have to avoid like calling people who are slightly moving and really focused on whether or not they're leaning into it, flaring the elbows. Yeah. So then they start cleaning it up. But yeah, the refs are are definitely sloppy at the beginning of the year. And it, you know, every level of, of the game, you have to figure out what the refs are going to let you get away with. And it, like, like you have to figure out what the, the rules are. And every single crew of referees have their own set of like things they pick at. So yeah, it can be really frustrating for a young team to just like lose possessions where it's just like, I was doing what coach taught me to do. And now you're saying I shouldn't do that. And they're like, well, you but didn't do this one thing. Right. I, as much I've always said this about uh, teams in the organization, there needs to be a, uh, um, a scouting for other players and, and, and other coaches, but there also needs to be a scouting for the referees because those referees um, impact the game. And if you're sitting there and saying, we've got three games with blank referee this week. We know he calls this really tight. So we're going to work on this and practice hard because these are the things that they need to be doing to it's three or four extra points a game. And, and people are always like, Oh, that's not that big of a deal to change things. It is in the NBA, you know, four points extra game is the difference between winning by one point or losing by, you know, three points. You know, we've seen it happen this last year with so many close games with the thunder. And you're like, if the thunder had just four more points, you know, two more possessions, we could have won that game. And so, yeah. So for me, like I, I, that's where I go back to. And, and, there's there's a lot of change that needs to happen in the NBA, but the change that they're doing right now is exactly how it fits the Thunder. You know, the zone defense, which, you know, like it, it allows these teams to go into like panic mode at at second, like 17. You know, you're seeing teams trying to take the you know dumbest shot ever because they're like, oh, it's open. Just throw it up. You know, like. Yeah. You know, like that's the, it's the panic mode the Thunder bring on teams. And I think that's what's so great. If you looked at the way that even Coach D um, coached um, every single game when we're down like 15 points in his first season, he coached to the very end. Because there were some times that we came back on, you know, we shouldn't have came back on in the last like two minutes of the game. And then you're teaching these, you know, guys like finish every single game. And I think that's what's happening with this Oklahoma City Thunder team with these young players is like, I don't know, man, like the old school coaches, like you're down by 10 points with two minutes left. Like you, you take good shots and you just, you know, you rush it. But if, you know, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But this Oklahoma City Thunder team, it's like you miss the shot with two minutes to go and you're down 10. And then all of a sudden they ramp up their defense and you see a different side of it. And you're like, holy cow, like this is this is different. And then you've seen the Oklahoma City Thunder come down by, you know, like what was it 12? And there's like three minutes left to go in the game this last year or something like that. Like. That's what's happening, and that's why it's important that you get every single possession, even if it's you know you know like the Dort plays that he gets those uh, uh, offensive fouls like that and goes the other way, and uh, you know Jay Wills, you know you, you're going to see Isaiah Joe take a bunch of charges like he did this last year. I think he was like top five in the NBA for charges or top ten in the NBA for charges. Isaiah Joe. Oh, really? So I don't know. Like, so there's like all these other guys and all the other other factors that that bring into the extra possessions every single game, and we we've. Was it Donahue or whatever his name was, the, the corrupt ref that said uh, uh, he had an interview in prison and he said something along the lines of he realized that every single game that came down to the difference of six calls. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, sometimes there's a blowout and there's nothing you can do. But, you know, if it's a, you know, even a 10 point game, six calls going the opposite way 
affects the game so traumatically and dramatically that a team can come back from anything on that. And, and that's how it is. If the Thunder can pick up those six calls that are bonuses to our team, then we're that much better than everybody else. Got another so. question for you. All right, man. I was, I was kind of counting, man. I can't remember what it was. The, like a five-point game. I think we were like 11 and 16 okay. last year in about a five-point game. Yep. Do you think do you think that one more year experience if we can flip that that's that's five, you know, five games we can pick up right there. Uh would would you be happy with the, you know, being a five-point games, you know, if we were 16 and, and 11 or thereabouts kind of a deal. So, we're talking about 27 games. Um my if we could flip it that would be impressive but my feeling on this team is that we should probably win 20 out of those because the way that our closing lineups are are going to be loaded and when you see what Shea can do if he can just have if if we can just avoid handing him deficits in the fourth quarter he's going to be able to put on the jets at the end so i'm really really like hyped about what we can do. I think we should be elite in the last five in, in five points or under games. I don't think we should just be average. I think we should be elite because we have like Shay's just not a player who goes out there and scores empty points. Hmm. Like so he's an elite finisher. Um Giddy is an elite finisher. He's a gamer and he puts out his best when the game's on the line. Um I think we should definitely win um you know, some, something crazy. And I honestly, we may not have that many close games because we're that good at closing. We mm. could just be like, you know, down by three with five minutes left. You know, here comes Shay getting in the groove of the fourth quarter and we, we finish, we win by 12 game over. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I, I, I don't think, last I think it's great. Man. No. no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. no. I, go I was ahead. Gonna, go ahead. Like, go. All right. So we're talking 27 games. Let's, let's just put three more games on that and let's just bring it to 30. All Eight. right. All right. So, and the reason I want to do that is I want to put it in For perspective shame. to exactly what I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up here. I think the Thunder can go 20 and 10 in the first 30. Okay. Um, that's, that's one less win or one last loss than you think, um, um, on, which I think is great because if you look at it in 30 games, right, if you're taking the Oklahoma City Thunder and you're saying Thunder need to win 20 games. So you got two 30, um, um, I call them midsections, right? 30-game midsections. So the Thunder go 40 and 20, right, in the first 60 games. That leads 22 games for the Thunder to dominate. So if we're talking that, we're talking about some serious stuff because even a 16 to 11 what up, Tobias? You know, record, if you take that and you say, okay, well, the Thunder are going to win 18 games and it's going to be 18 and 12, right? You're still talking about a 50-game, a oh, 50-win season. You know, like, that's what's, that's what's so impressive to me. That's what gets me excited right now is yeah. because, you know, people are, like, starting to put the numbers and say, well, the Thunder did this and this the first 30, 40 games. They could win 55 games. They could win 54 games, you know? Like, and it's like... That's what happens. And, and you're right. Like, if we flip the script to 16 and 11, the first, and then also we win three, four games in a row, like everybody in the NBA is going to recognize what's happening. I think we could win 50 and look back and be yeah. like, man, we should have won 55. You know, 
What's up, Shane? What's up, Tobias? Yeah, yeah. I think we have to be happy, man. I, I, I think yeah. I think we have to look at that because if we go 44, that means we we dealt with a lot of injury, and we still get to go to the playoffs. To me, that that is that is a big time positive. If we if we deal with injury and we still win 44 games, to me, yeah, hell yeah. I think that's one of the yeah, and I still think it's a good step because like we have to like we have to look at any forward progress as as good. Um, but and that's one of the hard things about right now because forty four and forty would put us in a um it'll be forty four and thirty eight. Yeah, forty four and thirty eight. I'm sorry. And this is the seventh place, right, man? I mean it, it would have this last year. I think we would have so, been like, again, that's that's tremendous right there. You know, anytime that we you can even move up two or three spots in, in in the rankings as a young team, you have to look at it as a positive. And I think like that that for me, I look at this and I think like any improvement like is good but i also want to like kind of project what i think this team could be capable of Hmm. and that's the hardest part is because i don't want to like create expectations that are like out of check with us being satisfied but i do look at it and i say like on paper like if somebody was explaining the situation to me this team and all the things that i believe about it like there really isn't a reason that this team shouldn't win 55 plus games except for one their age their age would be the only thing that would be like, okay, that's a big question. Mm. Um, but I'm willing to say like anything that about is above um, 40 wins is uh, a definitely um, a good season for us for sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, guys, we're going to go ahead and be back tomorrow morning at 4.30. Unk, stay with us here so we can uh, upload your video. Uh, Tomorrow at 4.30, my time, we are watching Australia versus Germany. Hope you guys can be there. I know we have a lot of Australian fans. 3.30 OKC time. That we will be there. So we're looking forward to that. All right, guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you.